Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, Brandon here. Before we get started with the episode, I just wanted to let you guys in on a little bit of a secret. Over the last few months, I've been working on a super secret, super exciting project. It's very much in the same vein as Sounds Good and the Good Newsletter. Its mission is to tell stories of good in the world, to spread optimism, to spread hope, and to ultimately make the world a better place. And it's really ambitious and really exciting, but unfortunately, I can't talk about it yet. Pretty soon I will be able to, but until then, here's kind of the workaround I've found. I'm putting together a ground crew of people who want to give feedback and, and, and help me bring this thing to life, to, to help me spread it and share it and, uh, and, again, hopefully make the world a better place through it. So if you want to be a part of that, I've got a plan. So you go to brandonharvey.com slash secret. That's Brandon with an E-N, brandonharvey.com slash secret. Fill out the form. It just basically asks you for your email address, your name, a few other tiny things, and then I'll know to get in touch with you with um, kind of a little bit of a mock-up of what we're working on and how you can be involved. So if you're interested, brandonharvey.com slash secret, and let's jump into the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey. I am Brandon Harvey, and this is the podcast where every single week we get to sit down and have these inspiring, encouraging, and hopeful conversations with people who are making a difference in the world, who are living these lives of hope and joy and wonder and intentionality, all these things that I really value and I think that you value as well. We're in the middle of February right now, and this is kind of the time where a lot of people's New Year's resolutions begin to fizzle out or, or you know, if you're succeeding at them, then this is the point in time when you're really hitting your stride. Um, I actually opted to not make any New Year's resolutions this year and actually dedicated January to be something that I have dubbed Planuary. So I took the month of January, not really off, but it's, it's January is generally a little bit slower for me. Um, and so I dedicated the month to planning out what the next year would be with my wife. So we went to Mexico and we, we got away and we sat on the beach and we planned what our lives might look like over the next one year and over the next five years. And it was really, really fun. It was a really great time. I'm glad that we did it. I think that it was a really, I think we're going to try to do stuff like that. Whether we go to Mexico or we just do it, you know, in our home, we're going to try to do that every year in January. Um, But with that said, I just got started on um, my quote unquote New Year's resolutions at the beginning of February. And for me, a lot of those had to do with health. I'm working on all these big projects. You know, I'm entering into year two of the podcast, um, continuing on with the good newsletter and all these things that I'm really passionate about, really excited about. And I'm realizing that I just want more brain power. I want to sit, like, I want my brain to just work really, really well. When I'm in conversations with podcast guests, I want it to be flowing and moving. And when I'm 
you know, out in the world having conversations with people or, or really focusing in on things. I want to be able to concentrate and focus. And um, I feel like a huge contributor in that world is exercise and eating. And so I've been learning how to do that, trying to figure out how to do that more. And so I actually almost selfishly, I was like, oh, you know who I should talk to for the podcast is my friend Mikkel. So I got to have a conversation with Mikkel Hill about the world of nutrition and health and fitness and how that relates to living a more balanced life. Um, Mikkel is based here in Nashville and she is a registered dietitian and nutritionist and she's also the founder of this fantastic blog slash community slash resource called Nutrition Stripped. She also wrote a book, a cookbook called Nutrition Stripped full of recipes and beautiful photos Um, and she is just like so smart when it comes to this world. You've actually probably even heard of her. She's been featured in Glamour, Vogue, Bon Appetit, Women's Health Magazine, The Food Network, like all these places. She's all over the internet. Um, She went to school for all this stuff. Like she is an absolute pro. She's not just reading stuff on the internet like I am. And so I loved getting to kind of have these conversations with her about nutrition and health and how to have a more balanced well-being. And I think that that's key. I think that she does this really interesting thing because she's so smart in the world of health and food. And, you know, that's what she studied. But she also really focuses on self-care and living a life of balance. And, and she, in this episode, she's going to talk a little bit about um, burnout and kind of experiencing that and how to kind of uh, cope with that and how to recover from that. So let's just jump into the conversation. This is Mikkel Hill and I sitting down in conversation here in Nashville, Tennessee. So I recently saw that you were just nominated for a Shorty Award. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just got that email uh, recently, and it was just like, it. you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, this is amazing. I've been, you know, in the know about the Shorty Awards, and it's also just a big honor to um, be in the group of people that I'm with. So Yeah, that's so cool. What was the category you were in? Again? I'm in uh, creative media slash health and wellness. Sweet. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know. It's crazy. Man, I did you know that I've been nominated for Shorty Awards twice before? Really? I was not nominated this year, and I've never won, uh, but... Uh, that's because I was up against DJ Khaled and Kylie Jenner. Oh, so, no way. Of course. like Yeah. I, I have know, like... They deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's one of those things, like I'm honored just to be a nominee and yeah. I'm up with like awesome people like that, like some celebrity status, like health and wellness folks. So it's like, hey, I, just thank you. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so exciting. I love seeing your name on the list. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, healthy living and where that passion has come from. Um Can you just bring me back a little bit to tell me where this passion started? Yeah. So um, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I went to school for it. Um, I'm the founder of Nutrition Stripped and author, new author of Nutrition Stripped, which is a a cookbook that came out with HarperCollins like over the summer. So I'm really excited about that. And it's been it's been a wild journey in the best way. So it turns for January 2017. Um, I've been doing it full time for Amazing. three years that month. So wow. really it started as this whole nutrition strip brand now as it is. It really started as a creative outlet, uh, just a food blog for me to share my nutrition expertise. And it's kind of grown into this 
beautiful, crazy <laughs> community that's amazing across yeah. the globe. And it's it's been really wonderful to see it grow and really put a lot of time and energy to facilitate that and, and help people feel better, too, every day, just with inspirational recipes or nutrition advice, one-on-one coaching. That's amazing. All that good stuff. And you kind of jumped into this world a little bit on accident originally, though. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the process of thinking, oh my gosh, I need to like make a change in my life. I need to figure out, you know, how to live in a more healthy, nutritious way. Yeah. So my story, um, kind of started in high school. So I'm, I'm from Ohio Midwest. Like we have our fair share of gardening and healthy foods and grew up in a really kind of normal quote family, you know, like healthy, but also I was a teenager, ate so much junk food too. And like had that balance from, from the get go. And in high school I had horrible migraines and I was a, I was really into art and I was kind of your quintessential art nerd. Right. So yeah, like I, graduated high school with like a 1.8 GPA because I was banking on going to art school. What kind of art were you into? Uh, I loved painting, mixed media, abstract art, wow. uh, watercolors, anything, anything. That's cool. Um, but with these migraines, they really took me out. You know, if you've ever had one, I don't know if you've had one, Brandon, but I, they're just, yeah. they're the worst. They're, they're debilitating. They make you feel like rubbish. You kind of want to seclude yourself in a dark room and avoid sound and light and all these things. So obviously doing artwork, that wasn't conducive to it. So, you know, it bummed me out. But being a 15, 16 year old, I had no connection with like, oh, maybe the food I'm eating or maybe the lifestyle that I'm engaging in isn't you know, helping. Did you have any idea what, (laughs) did you have theories at the time where you're like, why are my, am I having these terrible, terrible migraines? Honestly, I just thought it was familial. Like my Mm. grandmother had them. My mom had them every, like every so often. So I just thought, oh, like this is just the card I'm dealt. And yeah, yeah, there is some, you know, some merit to that, but a lot of, you know, issues in our health can be stem, you know, stem by like our lifestyle and what we eat and everything. So fast forward to college, um, to that point where I realized, Hey, I can't make a living off being an artist. I actually need to get into something that I enjoy. Mm. Went to Ohio State's branch campus because, again, my GPA didn't allow me to get into that main campus and was a psychology major because that was one mm. thing I was really interested in is the sociology of people and really learning just counseling and therapy. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Was that something you'd had experience with before, like the counseling, et cetera, at that time? Um, I took philo- or excuse me, uh, psychology classes in high school cool. and like I some AP too. classes it too. It blew my mind. Yeah, it's just fascinating. You know, it's and it helps you to like have communication best with people that you love and relationships and just to get an inside working of your your own self, too. Um, So when I was in college and in that major, I was kind of came to that realization like, oh, well, maybe this is a little bit too heavy. Like, I don't think I can counsel people every day as in depth as this, you know, this field would require of me. So kind of went to the drawing board. I think like everybody does who goes to college, they kind of skip around some majors. And I've always loved food. And I had a friend who was in fitness modeling and bodybuilding. And she was just really into like athletics. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like just chime in because it's fun. And I'll just like hop in there with you. And started working out with her a lot. And this is really where I had the this was my catalyst for getting into nutrition with sports nutrition. So I loved the fact that we could fuel our body. We could physically transform it. We could, we could help it, you know, get stronger just by what we're doing with our lifestyle and eating. And you're probably almost seeing a lot more cause and effect. You're like, Oh my gosh, by doing this thing, 
this person is able to excel in this thing that they were doing already. Exactly. And it was just really fascinating to be like, hey, let me try to help you like get all of your macronutrients, you know, carbs, fat, protein, but kind of make it fun and and like in a college dorm or on a budget, you know, kind of it, it was really it was a great experimental phase for me um, with cooking and and meal planning. And so that was the, again, the catalyst that really got me into nutrition major. So, of course, going into the dietetic curriculum, which is amazing, it's clinical-based, so that means it's a lot of, like, medical nutrition therapy. Mm. You're really, like, treating people with diabetes or hypertension. So you're kind of coming at it with that angle, which is a really firm, amazing foundation. But it wasn't necessarily... Uh, a calling to me or a passion of mine like I really loved um, like the psychology behind it again like the coaching the counseling aspect um, and then coupled with a class that I took on philosophy in Mm. uh, my sophomore year in college and that really transformed my thinking around animals yeah oh really yeah okay tell me more about that so (laughs) so that kind of led me down it's funny as I tell my story and tell you know, the process of how I become a dietitian with a, a, I would say maybe a more integrative approach. It's, it's funny to um, relive these experiences, but yeah. that, that philosophy class uh, really taught me about just sedient beings and animals and ethics and morals. Mm. And it really made me question like, oh, okay, uh, what, you know, what is, what's aware and what's not in terms of animals. And so that really got me into vegetarian and vegan eating and lifestyles. Mm. Fascinating. Was there, when you were studying philosophy, was there like a particular story or concept or philosopher that really stuck out to you? Um, Singer. Singer. So he Tell had so he had a couple books and um, I just really enjoyed his books on just animal welfare and just the ethics about it. So honestly, it was just a couple stories that that's all it took. Like I've always been an animal lover, so I kind of went um, full in as I do with anything. It's 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 like an all or nothing. So I really went in full force with vegetarian and vegan lifestyle, and I did that for about five to six years, mm. eight years. Um, and really dove in. And of course, being in that dietetic curriculum, yes, we do learn about vegetarian and vegan diets and lifestyles, but it's, it's fairly limited. So I was a book nerd and would just soak up any information for other, from other professionals, uh, in the industry and really just kind of make it work for me and learn all about the, that kind of lifestyle. So fast forward again, that's kind of led me to the present day, you know, where it's been a balance of kind of merging everything I've learned and outside research. And during this whole process, as you were learning more and more about nutrition and about uh, your body and about, you know, all these things that, you know, you're going to school for, did you see a transformation in the way that your body was reacting to the changes you were making? Like were, were the migraines going away? Yeah, so that's a great point. So as, um, you know, and, and for those of you who aren't familiar with vegan or vegetarian diets, essentially you're, you're not consuming any animal products, right? So um, during that process, of course, you're, you're doing el- eliminations of these certain food groups, for example. So dairy. Uh, dairy was the first thing that I 
cut out when I started experimenting a little bit more with the vegetarian lifestyle. I didn't just go all in because I kind of needed to practice totally. a little bit. Um, so I took out dairy for a couple weeks and my skin improved, my energy increased, I had less bloating and, and less digestive issues. Um, and some things I didn't even realize as well. Like I, I always thought like, oh, this is what it is to be normal. Like I always thought my baseline was normal, but it wasn't until I started taking out things that were irritating to me personally and then increasing nutrient density overall because of course when you take out something you have to replace it with something best or replace it with something yeah. but I chose to choose uh, you know foods and items that would replace it with more nutrient density but it was within that period of time which is really short I mean I'm talking a couple weeks it was like wow you know, dairy is no good for me. And so I kept that out for mm. at least a month. And then I also tried gluten because I was like, okay, I'm just going to go through like maybe the top eight allergens and just test it out yeah. and see for myself my, you know, like if, if I'm going to feel even better. So um, I tried out gluten. I tried out everything, you know, just to test it out. And gluten and dairy for me just were not friendly. They made my digestive system just so out of whack with bloating. And you and didn't realize all of this until you took it away. You thought that you were kind of exactly. normal. Exactly. And, and maybe you were, but you kind of discovered, oh, there's like a next level. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it didn't, it, it took about a month or so for me to really get the full benefits with the migraines. Mm. Um, if anybody knows with migraines or that have suffered from chronic migraines, they're kind of cyclical and, and, and they come in like waves. So it really took me a bit for, for me to get the full benefit and um, decrease in migraines. So that was really great. Uh, and just like you said, too, it's like one of those things, it's an, it's an aha moment where mm. you're like, oh, I thought I was feeling normal. And it's not until you change habits that you're like, wow, I can actually feel better. I can actually optimize my health and feel like this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Wow. That, I love that. And I, what's really interesting to me about you is that I think there's a lot of, you know, people on the internet who are, you know, they could be described as lifestyle bloggers or, you know, even food bloggers or, or whatever it is who are just kind of you know, they're learning, they're processing, but you come at it from a full on like education standpoint. Like you are a professional, you went to school for this stuff. In a lot of ways, you take it on the role of a, a teacher from a place of authority. Like you actually have authority to speak to this. What's been the process of figuring out how to be not just somebody who learns this for herself and not just somebody who practices this for herself, but somebody who teaches others how to in some ways, like follow in your footsteps and uh, to have some of the achievements that, that you've come to have as well. Mm, I love that question so much. Um, and I think, you know, going back to the the whole social media and, and just in this industry, you know, I think everybody has one goal in mind. They just want to help people and they want to help people feel better. Mm. Um, and I do uh, sometimes get frustrated because there's a lot of just misinformation that's just thrown around out there and people just want to feel better and they're sometimes they're desperate and we'll just listen to anybody. So I almost feel like it's a responsibility of mine to use that authority, use my background and expertise to really shine a light and be that teacher. And I think it's been uh, over the past four years with Nutrition Stripped in the blog, it has transformed from initially me being a pretty like lecture style teacher <laughs> so like my blog posts were very like informative and long and just like I, I didn't necessarily know how to insert myself oh. in terms of personality and it's it's been uh, a really wonderful 
growing phase, you know, really learning the community and getting their feedback. And what I think registers most with people is connection and is sharing more about my story and my day-to-day life and being like, hey, you know what, like I'm human too. Like I still have to practice every single day what I preach and Mm. practice self-care. And so it's a really beautiful cycle because it not only helps me teach better, but it it's a reminder to myself every day too. That's amazing. That I mean, that reminds me of my favorite teacher from middle school, Mr. Johnson. And I, I didn't realize why he was my favorite until years later. But at the time, I just thought that he was a cool teacher. Like I was yeah. like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> but it was because he shared so much of his, his story and so much of his life. You know, and none of my other teachers were doing that. You know, all my other teachers were like, here's the information. And I trusted them as an authority figure, but I didn't connect with them on an empathetic level. I didn't see them as another human. And I think the moment that you, you know, I've learned a lot from you because I'm like, oh, this is like my friend Mikkel. And I know (laughs) what, like, I I know her story and I, I know who she is. And so I can kind of have this trust. So it's actually really interesting that by taking a more personal approach, Mm -hmm. people are, you know, they're able to learn the same content in a better way. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, and I love, um, you know, just like you ran into the digital platform, it's an amazing way to connect with people. And I, and I, I, I don't take that for granted. Like I love being able to email with the folks, with the readers and the NS community and, and comment and engage in Snapchat and Instagram stories and have that like real quote, like FaceTime as close as FaceTime as you're going to get. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really wonderful teaching process even in those moments yeah so I do think it's a really nice combination of that authority but also having real life experiences and being um courageous and that vulnerability and sharing it with folks I love that yeah you've talked a lot about balance and balance is something that for me is like super hard <laughs> my wife is always teasing me because I'm basically um I'm hot or I'm cold. Like I'm, I'm extreme. So either there's something that I love and that is the best ever or <laughs> like I hate it. And it's, that is the worst. Like I'm not great at balance and any balance I achieve is something I have to be really intentional and mindful about pursuing and saying yes to. I'm, I, I have to say, all right, this is the extreme that I want to feel. This is the other extreme I could go to. How can I meet in the middle? Um, Tell me about your process of learning balance because that has so much to do with um, with everything that goes into our bodies. Um, but like on a personal level, like what has have you always been somebody who's able to find that balance and kind of strike that nuance between black and white or? No, (laughs) no, no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, If you could see me right now, I'm like shaking my head. So it's actually really uh, like I said, I have to practice what I preach every single day. It's still um, a challenge for me and a good challenge. But I am a black and white person. I'm like an all or nothing. I'm in full force or I'm not in at all. Um, So to me, that is not balance. That is not the definition of balance. So and I could be like that with work. Um, overworking, which I've already experienced burnout in like a short four years of having mm. a, a, my own business. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just in that fact, I wasn't practicing balance, nor was I listening to the signs that I wasn't in, in, in my own alignment or in my you know power. I was just like working nonstop. And um, it was after a cookbook shoot. So it was just it was like this whole combination of things in my in ignoring my own signs of 
being tired and lethargic, not finding motivation in my work and just being really worn down. And I mean, quite literally just overworking, you know, from Mm. the time I opened my eyes in the morning to the time I went to bed. So to me, that was just a it was a it was a low point. But I'm incredibly grateful that I did go through that burnout phase um, because I was able to say, okay, next time I recognize some of these signs, I got to put some strategies and tools in place so I can you know, yeah. not, not go down that road. What are the, what are some of those specific things that you have kind of implemented since then? Yeah. So, um, since then morning routines. So a morning routine for me is a non-negotiable. So I actually write a couple like life and work balance kind of, um, categories, I guess you could call it on the nutrition strip blog. And there's this one where I wrote about why non setting your non-negotiables is imperative to your success. Mm. So whether that's, you know, a business owner's success or you can take it personal success. Um, but basically the morning routine is a non-negotiable for me. So it includes meditation, working out, Uh, Not starting work before a certain hour, so like not waking up and looking immediately at your phone, right? Um, And then also spending time walking my dog, hanging out with my boyfriend. So really crucial things that keep me feeling centered, keep me feeling in my alignment. So what happens on a day where you're like stressing out, you're, you're like, oh man, I've got this big thing going on. And you're like, if I just could get an extra hour of work in, uh, everything would just feel a lot less stressful. What do you do then? Yeah, so I love this question. that's me literally this morning (laughs) thinking, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. Yeah, I had that experience at the start of uh, 2017. So um, just because the new year is really busy for for my industry. Mm -hmm. But what I'll do in that moment is I recognize like, oh shit, I'm feeling super (laughs) overwhelmed. What do I have to do? Um, I'll pull away from all the social media, my computer. I'll shut everything down. Typically, I'll go on a walk, even if it's like five minutes outside, something to just get rid of like all of the circulating thoughts. And what I mean by get rid of as in like process, like see them come up, address them, observe them, let them go. And then I can come back at work or whatever that overwhelming situation was or something that was causing me overwhelm. I can deal with it in a much clearer, more focused, more passionate place of being than just like reaction. That's good. So that to me is is crucial in dealing with any like overwhelming situation or stressful situation. That's amazing. Something else I've noticed that you do is you take like digital detoxes where you say, I'm going to take some time away from email or work. You know, like I emailed you the other day and I got a little autoresponder. And the <laughs> the subject line said, practicing what I preach, um, <laughs> taking time yeah. off, like I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, you can expect me to respond here. Like, and I love that. Tell me about what that's been like for you. Yeah, uh, that came... You know, I think as you and Brandon, you probably agree or any of us who deal with email, I mean, period, you can it it feels like you're almost like, oh, my gosh, you're pulled in a million different directions. And there was this quote and I wish I could remember who said this, but it was about um, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm in demand. And Mm. so that was kind of my answer for these digital detoxes or the auto responders on my email, for example, just to say, you know what, I will address it when I can and when I'm coming from a place of like efficiency, but also where I can answer emails or even, you know, present social media or add to the social media world. Um, 
with some integrity and with something that I'm proud of. Even if it is just an Instagram picture, there's a yeah. lot behind it and totally. I want to represent it well. So um, that's kind of where it came from. And just because we don't need to be on, we don't need to be like on our computers every day, no. all the time. Yeah. You know, especially when it's in your work. So Totally. Well, and something that I think is so cool about what you do is you, there's so much work that goes into what you do that's outside of the world of email. Like you, like the other day, I, I didn't get a chance to stop, like to say <laughs> hi, but like you were at my studio and you were doing a photo shoot with our friend Kelsey. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like driving Wearing away. pineapples like, on my Kel-. head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, you're just constantly doing all this stuff and, and people have come to admire and appreciate you and, and ultimately email you because you've put so much work into putting these beautiful products out in the world. Um, but if you spent all your time emailing, you actually wouldn't be able to um, put those products into the world. Yeah, and I think that comes back to balance really well, too. Um, and, you know, I, I do a million things. You know, it's like that, that quote, like, you can do anything, but you don't have to do everything. Mm. Uh, right now, I'm in a weird position where I, I feel like I'm doing everything. And it's fun, and it's exciting, but it can be um, a balancing act. So, yeah. you know, typically I'll schedule my work week um, and kind of like a, a batch if you ever do that like you probably yeah. batch record podcasts or write or whatever so I try to compartmentalize a little bit and that helps me create balance within my work because it is so multifaceted like I, I was you know it was funny I was talking to another entrepreneur friend of mine the other day and we were getting down to delegation and she was like you know if you had to hire somebody for every task that you did like how many people would you have to bring on I was like oh my god it'd be like eight people (laughs) but um again that's that's a really big balancing act and of course if you're going full speed doing all of those things all the time um you know that that will again lead to burnout for me so it's just a preventative measure that I take too I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been trying to figure out what balance looks like for me and I think that there's balance on a big scale and balance on a small scale. And I think you almost can kind of choose and I'd love your feedback on this, but I feel like you can almost kind of choose what you want, you know? So there's a balance in your day saying, I'm going to, uh, not overdo today. I'm going to have an eat like a nice amount of rest and a nice amount of work and a nice amount of, you know, X and Y and Z. Um, and then there's the other side where it's like, maybe I've got a crazy month and I'm just going to go hard on that month and I'm going to find balance by taking the next month more easy. And there's like the, it's, it's like micro and macro. It ultimately feels like balance and it's going to be harder the longer that you wait between the cycles of balance. But I've been kind of processing what that might look like to implement. Yeah, I mean, I, I love um, and agree with that, too. Like, I think there are times, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, there are times where you just kind of, you have to. You don't have a choice mm-hmm. to, um, to do anything <laughs> but hit the ground running and go pretty hard, and that's okay. And I think we have to look at it in um, a bigger scope, like, of our lifestyle. And also, balance to me, again, is like putting in tools, putting in strategies that keep you from getting to a place where you feel completely out of balance. So again, whether that's burnout or whether that's feeling stress and bringing it home or, um, you know, feeling physically ill too, like that can be clear signs that like really, you know, you're, you're out of balance. Mm. And also too, I think in this industry, in the health and wellness industry, there's a big, um, 
you know, topic around balance with eating, you know, and I've seen it firsthand too. Being a dietitian, I've counseled folks who have disordered eating habits, and that can be a really big thing where people kind of take it to the extreme and don't really know how to exercise balance and have these extreme lifestyle measures mm. where they're exercising far too much and or eating too strictly. So it's, it is, I think, a learning process for, for folks to find that Goldilocks to find that middle ground where they can have some range and be like, you know what, I can eat healthy, um, you know, to the best of my ability, 80 to 90 percent of the time, which this is kind of my motto of how I live my life. And then I'll wiggle room and have have some fun on that 10 to 20 percent, whether that's, you know, having a cocktail with my boyfriend or going out with girlfriends and having some pizza or something like you have to um, enjoy life and you have to enjoy these experiences and not miss out on them because of, you know, following, um, some protocols so strictly like diets and things. That's good. That's really good. Um, let's talk a little bit more about self-care in the non-digital world. Yeah. You talk, I think that because you're somebody who has a cookbook out in the world, it'd be easy to be like, Oh, like Mikkel knows all about food or, I like to think of it as Mikkel knows all about smoothies, like what smoothie I need to make. <laughs> um, but you are so good at striking this balance uh, within all these other aspects of our lives. Um, what are some other kind of like self-care keys that you've come to embrace over the last four years of running Nutrition Stripped? Yeah, so um, number one on like a technical side is, uh, which we just touched on, is is organizing my work week and like batching tasks. So hmm. time management, essentially. Um, number two, setting boundaries with work start time and work end time. Um, so that for me, again, because I burnt out early on, I was able to know, hey, I actually can't work out or work, you know, the second I open my eyes until I close them at night. Um, also self-care on a kind of spiritual, emotional, physical well-being is working out every day. To me, that's very meditative. So I like to swim. I like to run and I'll recite mantras and do a little bit of meditation as I move, which is really oh, beneficial wow. and that's cool. kind of makes me feel like I have a, um, a competitive edge with myself almost like feeling really aligned. Um, so I can carry out my best work. And then I like to do acupuncture once a month. Really? Yeah. I've never done acupuncture. Really? Yeah, I've never there, done it. Um, after this, I'll have to give you my acupuncture assist number because he's really? great. Yeah, he's fantastic. But it, it changed my life. I've been wow. doing it. Uh, well, I will say it's been a pillar of my health that's changed my life. But I've been doing it for almost two years now. I'll do it once a month, maybe once every three months, just depending on the season. Wow. Um, but it's great. It just is a nice balancer we can call it man it doesn't hurt either yeah it doesn't actually <laughs> it doesn't. scare me at all yeah it doesn't. Um, i've just somehow never done it it's great that's cool yeah so acupuncture i'll do uh, massages at least once a month i'll um you know small simple acts of self-care yeah. making a cup of tea you know the whole um danish concept of huga which is like the art of being cozy so those little acts that can just make us feel really good um you know, to me, define self-care. So making a cup of tea, walking my puppy Luna, having a FaceTime session with my brother or my parents, you know, just really simple things. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, what is some advice for somebody like me who, you know, I don't necessarily have any dietary restrictions that I have in my life yet. Um, and I kind of eat whatever I want to. And I'm learning to be more, um, more conscious of like what I put into my body and I'm exercising a lot more. But I do want to be a whole lot more intentional about healthy living and nutritional eating. Like, 
what's a practical thing you could tell me to do like right now or me or somebody like me to do right now? Yeah, I love this question. And number one, you know, you don't have to eat uh, gluten-free, dairy-free. You know, those are the recipes that I share on Nutrition Strip because kind of selfishly they came from my own experimentation and needing those. Yeah. So, you know, those recipes were developed with, with um, my needs and, and mine, but also they're super flexible. So you don't have to do anything with that. But I would say an easy step is to assess what you're drinking during the day. So super easy to say, hey, what am I drinking throughout the day? Am I like sustaining just on coffee? Am I drinking a lot of tea or uh, juice or soda, whatever? Um, And start by adding in more water. This seems super simple and cliche, but a lot of us just go around, you know, dehydrated and we might not even know it. So sometimes dehydration can look like low energy, you're feeling like super lethargic at your desk working, you might have cramps, you might have a headache, uh, your skin might feel really dry, really simple things. So, you know, try to drink, I say like a couple liters of water. I think the easiest way to do it is just to have like a huge liter of water in the morning. Just first thing, kind of give yourself like a internal bath, if you will. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, I think it's best to focus on what you can add in Versus what you have to take out, right? So, like, let's say that you're eating, quote, a lot of junk food or a lot of processed foods. It's not ideal or it's not optimal, but what you can do is just add in some things. So, maybe it's starting your morning with adding in a green smoothie. And I think that it's mentally easier to wrap your head around, like, oh, I'm going to add this in because, you know, indefinitely it'll make you feel fuller. So that you're not eating, um, you know, you're not making room for other things. Yeah. So you're replacing it. That's a good one. Yeah. And then um, anytime you can add in veggies, you know, in like a raw state or in their whole, whole, you know, natural state, do that. That's good. (laughs) Whether it's a salad or it's a side dish when you're out with friends at a restaurant. um, Those are some really easy tips. That's good. That's awesome. I love it based on the ways you've chosen to step out and live your life differently, to make changes in your life, to help other people accomplish their goals, what's a practical piece of advice you'd give somebody, an action step somebody could take action on today? Yeah, I think this um, you know, kind of goes with the whole nutrition strip mission and lifestyle. You know, it's it's not just about nutrition, although that is, you know, my expertise and I would totally give you some actionable points on that, but I really urge you guys to think more outside of the box and address all of these really beautiful pillars of your health like exercise, movement, sleep, stress, support, love, relationships, fun, joy. Um, and really think about what makes you feel whole and what makes you feel nourished. And I think an actionable step would be to journal out, you know, what is success for you in wellness? What does that look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like when you wake up in the morning? What is the vision that you see? Um, and then also, you know, like we talked a little bit about our non-negotiables. Like what are those to you? What makes you feel really centered um, so that you can serve yourself to serve others? My goodness, Mikkel was so fun. I loved getting to have this conversation with her. One of the big takeaways that I took from this was when I asked her what to do when you just feel overwhelmed, when you don't feel balanced, when when there's just something pulling you away from your routine, what do you do? How do you respond? 
And she didn't act like she's a superhero. She didn't act like, oh, that's never happened to me or, oh, I never have problems with that. What she said was, when that happens to me, I turn off my social media, I put away my computer and I go out and I go on a walk or I take a break. You know, you do something to just unplug. And it's not that you go mindless at that point. What you do is you process those feelings and those circulating thoughts and it helps get rid of that feeling of being overwhelmed and it helps you get back to center, back to being more balanced. And then you can go and you can actually be productive instead of operating out of kind of a crisis mode. And I thought that that was super helpful. I've been thinking about that a lot over the last few days and been trying to implement it. So go out and try that this week. Let me know how it goes. Um, And actually, let Mikkel know how it goes. She's all over the internet, Nutrition Stripped. Just Google it. Her website is nutritionstripped.com. And seriously, her stuff on there is so fantastic. You can check out her courses. You can join her society. It's really, really fun. And while you're Googling Nutrition Stripped, you can find me online at, at Brandon Harvey everywhere. Um, my website is also brandonharvey.com. All of that is Brandon with an E-N, which is you know a little bit tricky, but it's nice. I'm able to get all my usernames online. Um, I'm able to get my websites. I've never really had a problem with that because my parents named me a little bit different. And for that, I am thankful. But I just have to do the little explainy thing every once in a while. Um, <laughs> As always, you can find and share the show notes for Sounds Good at soundsgoodpodcast.com. And if you want to keep in touch outside of the podcast, you should totally join our weekly email newsletter. Now, let me tell you, it is cooler and better than most weekly email newsletters because this one um, is focused on hope and joy and love and, and all these beautiful good things in the world. It's called the Good Newsletter. And every single week, I just send out a list of five pieces of hopeful news from around the world. It's just good news stories. And I think that that's an important thing for us to focus on. There's so much good in the world. You just have to seek it out. And so I'm doing the seeking so that it can just show up in your inbox. And then maybe you're able to notice a little bit more throughout the week. And I think it's going to leave you feeling more hopeful and refreshed. So goodnewsletter.org is how you join that. It's so much fun. And then one more thing, if you want to join our little secret, super cool squad of people who are going to help me launch the, I almost accidentally said the name of the thing that we're working on. If you want to help me launch the secret thing that we're working on, um, brandonharvey.com slash secret. Uh, there's a little form, fill it out. It would be super fun to have you there. brandonharvey.com slash secret. And on that note, I think that that's a wrap for today's episode go out and do some good this week and we'll be back next monday with an inspiring conversation with another incredible person sound good